0: Please open your Bibles with me to the letter, the first letter of Peter. As we will read from 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning at verse 12, up to and including chapter 5 and um, to verse 11. So 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning at verse 12. Hear God's holy and inspired word. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when His glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the Spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, He is blasphemed, but on your part, He is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God now If the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to Him in doing good as to a faithful Creator. The elders who are among you I exhort, I whom am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, not as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, You will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, "'Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith.' knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. So far, the reading of God's holy and inspired Word. The text words can be found here in 1 Peter chapter 5, as we will read the verses 7, 8, and 9. 1 Peter 5, 7, 8, and 9. Casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So far, then, the reading of God's word and the reading of our text. Congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, our God is a caring God. The Apostle Peter wants to assure us of this particular fact. Our God is a caring God, caring especially towards Christians who have cares of various kinds, Now, throughout this letter, the Apostle Peter keeps reminding us that Christians do not have an easy way of life. According to him, it is common, in fact, for the Christians to have so-called cares. Now, a better translation in respect of this word cares, and um, we find that in a number of commentators, is anxieties. Anxieties and therefore, verse 7 of our text passage could go something like this Casting all your anxieties on Jesus Christ because he cares for you. Casting all your anxieties on Jesus Christ because he cares for you. Now as he talks here about anxieties, the Apostle Peter advises the Christian with this particular text to take such anxieties seriously indeed. Because anxieties, after all, can can do un, and can have undesirable complications for you and for me. And I believe we therefore have very sound advice with the words that... Follow in our text, casting all your anxieties upon Him, for He cares for you and what follows. Let us then consider this matter, this hour, God's caring Word to Christians with anxieties. In the first place, your journey is tough. Secondly, your adversary is fierce. And thirdly, your resistance must be steadfast. Now, congregation, as a Christian, you must count on a tough journey. The journey to heaven, after all, is not a cakewalk, so to speak. The journey to heaven is a journey like that journey that Israel had to take as they came out of Egypt and went on to through the desert, through the wilderness, to the promised land of Canaan. It led them through what we could call out of the house of bondage into a wilderness where they met up with all kinds of difficulties, causing, no doubt, much anxiety. Their journey through the promised land took them through a wilderness that could even be compared to a minefield. They were regularly threatened in various ways by one danger or another, hunger, thirst, plagues, diseases, Enemies, seductions, temptations, and you name it. Israel found the journey through the wilderness, therefore, a very tough journey. And so it is with the Christian life, you see. That is, if it is a genuine Christian life, if we read the Apostles' letter very carefully, we must draw the conclusion that the normal Christian life is a life that is surrounded with difficulties. And He says therefore in chapter 4 and verse 12 already, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. In other words, difficulties are familiar things to Christians. And Jesus says to those whom He calls to follow Him to do so daily bearing the cross after Him. And in John 16, verse 33, he says to the believers in the world, you will have tribulation. And when the apostles in their missionary journeys met up with various Christians, new Christians particularly, they reminded them that they would go through many trials, enter into the kingdom of God. And the apostle Paul finally puts it stronger yet and says that all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Sooner or later, Christians will face all kinds of sufferings. Now, it may not necessarily come the type of suffering endured by brothers and sisters in, in China or um, in other Muslim countries, in Nigeria, for instance, we've prayed about these 120 teenagers who were abducted from a Baptist Christian school, and who knows where they are. We hope and pray that the Lord will return them. But you understand something of the suffering that is going on in regard to Christians in persecuted countries. May simply, for us today, be deprived of certain privileges or suffering being put down by someone or being slandered, and that's, that's the amount of suffering that we may have to endure. But anxieties come in different kinds, and different ways, you see. It may simply be an anxiety because you've lost a friend, because this friend realized you're a Christian. And as the Lord Jesus Christ has said, if the world hated me, they will also hate you. But it does bring on anxieties, The question, however, is this. How do you and I cope with such anxieties through suffering? How do we deal with our anxieties? Well, as I said already, it could be a tough battle, not between you and those who persecute you, but a tough battle in respect to your heart and your mind, a tough battle between your flesh and your spirit. The same thing also counts for different kind of suffering. Perhaps it is the suffering of of, of financial difficulties. Perhaps the loss of your health. Perhaps it is a gradual disability you're noticing, or an accident, or, or the loss of a loved one that causes anxieties to come around. As they say, every house has its cross And Christians are not exempt from it. And again, how to deal with this? Well, allow me to explain. First, in a negative way. Some people have the idealist conception of what it means to be a Christian. For them, to be a Christian means to have no more problems, to have no more difficulties. They teach a so-called health and welfare religion and preach a so-called prosperity gospel. And I've met some of them as well who actually told me that God doesn't want His people to be sick or disabled, and if you are sick or if you are disabled, you do not have a strong enough faith. Now, such talk is unbiblical, and it is deceptive to the core. The Apostle Peter tells us, do not find it strange if such a fiery trial hits you. Christians do become sick. They do become disabled. And they will experience various difficulties and trials and cares. But when those anxieties come because of all of this, It is important for the Christian, dear people, to realize that this is the reality of life. This is the first thing that we need to realize and to be aware of. Some have imagined that the Christian life will not be all that difficult, really, and that it will not be such a tough journey. But let us examine this a little bit more closely. Let us look at it soberly, as we are told in our text passage, soberly and vigilantly. And let us make it as personal as possible for a moment. Have you ever sensed, my friend, that when you are faced with difficulties, it is so easy to become anxious? Have you ever experienced it, that when things go wrong, it is so easy to become discouraged Have you had it that when life turns a corner into some dark, distressing time, it is so easy to question the wisdom of it? Have you ever had it when a tragedy struck you? It becomes so easy to blame God. How could a loving God? You have it. And these are tough goings that I'm speaking of. And any genuine Christian will consider it hard not to become discouraged and not to begin asking the questions, why, why? And not to start blaming God. Well, it is therefore in the awareness of such tough going that the Apostle Peter tells us in our text that we must be sober, and we must be vigilant. To be sober literally means to be self-controlled. That is, to be well-controlled of our thoughts and of our words and of our emotions and of our actions. It means that we must be realistic, not idealistic, but realistic about the Christian life. We must have our feet firmly planted on the ground. To say it better yet, we must have our feet firmly planted on the rock, Jesus Christ, and that we must take our steps very carefully, very soberly. Then we are also told that we are to be vigilant. That is, we are to be alert. We are to be watchful. We are to be on our guard, you see. We must be full well aware that we are not yet in heavenly Canaan whatsoever, but we are still in this wilderness called the world. We must have our eyes open, therefore, for the dangers around us, and our hearts must be sensib- sensib- sensitive rather, to our vulnerabilities. After all, we are not free yet from our sinful flesh, are we, which can so easily give up when the going gets tough. We must be sober. We must be vigilant about this type of vulnerability. We are not yet free of doubt and of fear and of anxiety that will come on strongly as it plays into the hands of the devil. We must be sober. We must be vigilant about such weaknesses that we have. In short, we must be sober, we must be vigilant, we must be alert, we must be on our guard, the duty, because the journey is tough. And the Apostle Peter alerts us to such soberness and vigilance, not only because the journey is tough itself, but as we must consider in the second place, because your adversary is fierce. We read in our text passage the following solemn words, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, my fellow Christians, we have an adversary. We have someone who opposes us, an enemy, and quite a fierce enemy at that and this adversary is the devil, Satan. And he is not to be taken lightly. He is vividly portrayed in our text How? As a prowling, roaring lion. Now, boys and girls, young people, the National Geographic Society has come out with some dramatic videos on wild animals in their natural habitat. And one of those videos is all about lions, an opportunity to watch that particular video at one time. And it's quite awesome to see those ferocious beasts prowl around. You must know that a lion will stalk its prey slowly and quietly, circling around it looking for the right opportunity and the right moment to make its attacks. If the prey attempts to run for it, the lion will relentlessly pursue it till it can jump its prey and and get this. Only when the lion is in the act of jumping its prey will it roar. And do you know what? In other words, when the lion roars, the attack is in progress. In our text, the devil is compared to a prowling and to a roaring lion, which means that he not only stalks, he not only pursues his prey, but will attack his prey in order that he may devour it. He is at one time, at the same time, a stalking and pursuing as well as an attacking adversary. And then, besides all of that, he is quite selective in his prey. Why? Because his prey is you and me. You and me. The Christian particularly. You who are on the journey to the promised land. You who are going through the wilderness, surrounded by difficulties, will find it a tough journey. And like a lion on the prowl, your adversary, the devil, will stalk you. He will keep his eyes on you. He will look for a weak moment in your faith. He will prowl around you to look for any slowing down in your walk with God to look for any sort of neglecting the means of grace. And as a roaring lion, the devil will attack. He will attack. And you will know when you're being attacked, at least if you are sober and if you are vigilant. You will realize that your adversary, the devil, tends to capitalize on the anxieties that come to you. And in such times, He will seek to devour you, as our text says, which means that when you are burdened with a difficulty, you will have to be sober, you will have to be vigilant, because He will try to get you down. It means that when you are facing a setback, you should be on the alert, because He will try to get you become discouraged. It means that when puzzling things begin to happen to you, that these things don't make any sense to you at all, you will need to be watchful because your adversary, the devil, will try to get you to start questioning God. It means that when a tragedy strikes you or one of your loved ones... You must be on your guard, dear people, because your adversary, the devil, will try to manipulate your emotions so that you will actually become angry at God. He will try to get you upset. He will try to get you disoriented so that you may even want to turn your back to God. Be sober Be vigilant about these things. And when persecution and when suffering come around, you should not be surprised that your adversary, the devil, will use such opportunities to see if he can get you to turn away from God and away from His Word and away from His worship. He will try to get you to drop the Christian religion altogether. And this is what it means, you see, when our text tells us that your adversary, the devil, like a roaring lion, will seek to devour you. This is what you and I have to be sober about, what we have to be vigilant about. You cannot and you cannot and you must not underestimate the power of the devil, Satan, that roaring lion. The Apostle Peter, the author of our text, he knows what he's talking about. He's had some very serious run-ins with the devil. He remembers the words which Jesus once spoke to him on the night of the betrayal, as recorded in Luke 22. And that's when the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And yet with all that, the same night, Simon Peter, the author of our text chapter, denied the Lord when he failed to watch and pray. He had failed to be sober and to be vigilant. He had not been alert to the attacks of Satan. And if it had not been for the prayers of the Lord Jesus Christ, Simon Peter would have been devoured. My friend, if the Apostle Peter compares the devil to such a fierce adversary as a prowling, roaring lion seeking to devour his prey, we too should take him very seriously and take the admonition to heart to be sober. And to be vigilant. But Now this is not the only admonition that the Apostle Peter gives us. We are not only to be sober and vigilant in respect to our fierce adversary. We also are to show him steadfast resistance. As I must speak of that in the third place. And so the Apostle Peter admonishes us in verse 9. Resist him. Steadfast in the faith knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Now, dear people, as you've heard already, the Christian journey is a tough one. But you know what? You are not alone in this journey. You have brethren, brothers and sisters in this world. You have fellow believers, many brothers and sisters in the faith, making the same journey, the same journey. And the same suffering was experienced by them, so says our text, that is, as they are going through similar struggles as you are, and they have similar anxieties to cope with as you are coping with. And it should therefore be some encouragement to you to go on and to tough it out, so to speak, as we say in this way. Your trials... Your tribulations, they are not unique, even though we think they are. They are not unique. Every believer has them, and every saint has to cope with them. We sometimes think that we are the only ones having troubles, and that we alone have a difficult journey. But it isn't so. You and I are one of many Many Christians experiencing the same type of difficulties and having the same types of anxieties. You are part of a large company of cross-bearers following the Lord Jesus Christ. You are part of that large company called soldiers of the cross. You are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, so we are told in Hebrews chapter 12, who have gone before, and has gone through the journey and have arrived safely. Let them, therefore, having made it safely, encourage you. You are not alone. You are part of that large army, sometimes called soldiers of the cross. And as such, the Apostle Peter admonishes you and me in respect to our adversary, that you steadfastly resist Him. Do not let Him bully you into a corner. Do not let Him take advantage of your troubles. Do not let Him put you down. Do not let Him convince you that God is being unfair to you. Resist Him. Be steadfast. Be firm in the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, the devil may be a fierce adversary, comparable to a prowling and a roaring lion, but the devil is not invincible. He is resistible. He is defeatable. The Apostle James tells us in James 4 and verse 7, resist the devil and he will flee from you. In fact, we know that the devil is not invincible because our Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, has already effectively dealt with him and has already given him the fatal blow. His attacks on us as we journey through this wilderness of the world, his attacks are real enough but they are like sneak attacks by a mortally wounded and dying enemy, dear people. Someday we will find him, as it were, with his face in the dust, dead, slain, by christ therefore let us be sober let us be vigilant also to what christ has done already to satan the devil let us never ever forget the battle he waged against this fierce adversary the battle that he fought while he hung on the cross at calvary because there Jesus Christ single-handedly defeated the devil and solidly frustrated His intentions to devour the followers of Jesus Christ. During that battle with the devil, Christ made the required sacrifice that would not only save His people from their sins, but would also secure His people from being devoured by the devil. Yes, the devil may be compared to a roaring, prowling, roaring lion, but my friend, he was soundly defeated by the greater lion, that is, the lion of the tribe of Judah, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, our Savior. And therefore, when anxieties begin to trouble you, as surely they will, being a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that is important, because those who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ will fail time and time again and will succumb to anxieties. And therefore, you are called at this moment to repent of your sin, to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and find your help with the Lord Jesus Christ, who alone can help you. But to you, to you who are troubled with anxieties because of difficulties, be sober and be vigilant about your adversary, the devil. Resist him. You can resist him through faith in Jesus Christ. Resist him not just once, not just twice, but steadfastly. And do that by the faith that you have in Jesus Christ. Follow, therefore, the example of the Lord Jesus when He, after all, was once tempted of the devil. He steadfastly resisted the adversary, the devil. How? With the very Word of God. Thus it is written, devil... And so, when he tempts you to lose hope, when, he, when you need to resist this adversary, tell him, get away, devil. My hope is in the Lord. He has told me to cast all my anxieties upon him, for he cares for me. And when the devil tempts you to question God about the troubles you are in, resist him and tell him that God is right in all of His works, in all of His ways, and that God is a very present help in trouble as we sing of it in Psalm 46, verse 1. When the devil tries to persuade you to turn your back on God because of the distress you are in, then resist him. Resist him and tell him, get lost, devil. How could I ever turn my back on him who has given his life for me? Dear fellow brothers and sisters in the faith, someday your suffering will be at an end. Troubles will cease. Persecution will be no more seen, will be no more heard of. The time will come when you will be with Christ, your Savior. Then God will wipe away all tears from your eyes and that forevermore. We are told Revelation 21, verse 4 There shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things, even your anxieties, are passed away. But then, and that is what I must close with, because this is very important. Till then, yes, you are surrounded with difficulties. Be sober, be vigilant, and steadfastly resist your adversary, the devil. Resist him by the Word of God and by faith in Christ. And in the meanwhile, and this is really what I want to stress, and that comes at the very beginning of our text and what I want to close with. Cast all of your anxieties on the Lord because He cares for you. And when that word cast is used... It means to throw, throw all of your anxieties upon the Lord Jesus Christ. He'll take care of you. He'll take care of you. Therefore, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, that your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds Through Christ Jesus, as we are told in Philippians chapter 4. This, dear people, is God's caring word to Christians with anxieties. And dear young people, remember this as well. Our God is a caring God. Our God is a caring God. Thank you. Amen. Let us close with Thanksgiving. O Lord our God, we have had the privilege to proclaim that you are a caring God. We thank you for this. And we thank you for your servant of old, the Apostle Peter who experienced it personally and who has written it out for us so carefully. And we pray, therefore, that we too may learn to cast all our anxieties upon you, knowing that you care for us. Bless us, we pray. Bless our youth as they find themselves in a world of difficulties, as they find themselves in a world of temptations. May they flee to you may they find refuge with you may they find their answers with you and may they find that whatever anxiety rises up in their hearts can be thrown upon you cast upon you bless us therefore we pray we pray for the pastor of this congregation bless him richly and as he engages in preaching the word particularly as it pertains to the book of daniel a challenging book, particularly as he comes to chapters 8 and following, grant our brother the wisdom necessary and the boldness to proclaim the gospel, even as he's called to do so. Bless him and his family, and we pray for each and every consistory member as well. And we ask that you would bless us as we go our homeward way and bring us back together in a place of worship, and by your grace, in Jesus' name, amen.